of course I still have those little pangs of insecurity. You just have to find that little nugget within yourself to say you're worth it. And what you have to say is worth somebody listening to. And no matter what you do in your life, and if you can find that inner strength, it will change your life and the right people will come to you and you'll have the right conversations and the right ears listening to what you have to say. This is Women Killing It. Each week, women who are killing it in their careers share their stories and advice for making it in today's working world. Your host is Sally Hubbard. Today's guest is Jillian Wright, the co-founder of the Indie Beauty Expo, a spa owner, and the founder of Jillian Wright Skincare. Jillian, you are killing it. Hey, how are you? But I have to tell you, there's been a little progress since that uh, introduction. Um, I, I retired from doing facials and I closed my spa. And the beginning of 2018, I'm actually retiring my skincare line. Um, you're the first to know. And uh, all for good reason, though, all for the community of indie, indie beauty, independent beauty and entrepreneurs. So, yeah, a lot of big changes in my career and in my life um, that I'm very excited about. You know, I was curious about that because I was looking at the Indie Beauty Expo and it looked like more than a full-time job. And I was like, does she still have the spa? And does she still have the skincare line? But the website yeah. was still up. So I, 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 so it's basically the success of the expo that's taken over everything else, it sounds like. As a woman, we wear many hats. We do a lot of things. We're multitaskers. And that whole journey that I went on for 18 years was definitely a catalyst to where I am today. And when I was younger, I always wanted to have my own business. And what resonated in my mind always was like, I want to make a difference. I don't know what that is. I didn't go to school to make a difference. I, but I, I want to do something meaningful. And having a spa and doing facials for me at the time was very meaningful because I was helping people in a way, you know, with their skin, their self-esteem, their confidence. And it's something that I really loved doing. And I loved that one-on-one -on -one connection. And I made um, a lot of good friends and deep connections and relationships through my spa and through doing facials. And then I launched my skincare line. And when I realized that I didn't have a serious platform to do business with buyers, press, and consumers to promote my brand. Now, remember, as an esthetician, I was in the treatment room, which is my bubble. Like, And you're one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not in front of an audience of 400 or so on and so forth. I had to come out of my bubble and say, how am I going to promote my skincare line? And that was back in 2013, 2014. So the spa and my, my brand and the actual having you know a clientele was definitely that cat catalyst to where I am today. So I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and it was just honestly this week that I decided that it was time for me to retire my brand. Um, and if you think about it, Sally, it's because I can't compete with my clientele. I can't compete with the brands. I have an extremely unfair advantage and I know all the buyers, I know all the press, we text each other, we email each other. How can I say, oh yeah, and then there's Jillian Wright skincare. It's just unethical to me. And 
when I wake up in the morning, all I do is think about indie beauty. And when I go to bed at night, all I think about is indie beauty and the platform in which we've created. Um, I'm the co-founder with one of my former facial clients, Nader Naamirad. So it's it was just the right decision to make. And I'm I own it. I own it. I'm all right with it. So tell us about the Beauty Expo, the Indie Beauty Expo. I know it's expanded to several cities. Yes. Um, could you explain really you know, what its purpose is? The Indie Beauty Expo um, was established in uh, 2015. We had our first show in New York uh, in August of 2015. And it's basically an exposition that will help the fast-growing category of independent beauty brands And we're helping them connect with buyers, press, consumers, and investors. And we launched one show one day. And then in 2016, we went to two shows. We expanded to LA. And we ended up having a two-day event in 2016. In 2017, we expanded to Dallas and added a third day. So three shows, three days. That was so successful that now in 2018, we're adding London. So now we've got four shows to look forward to throughout the year. That is a lot of growth in a very short amount of time. (laughs) It's a lot of growth, but it takes a village, as you know, that I never could have done this by myself. Uh, Nader, the co-founder, he is exemplary as a leader and um, he's just an amazing person, super, super smart. And we have a a team that's growing very fast. And everybody on the team is extremely invested in seeing this succeed. So they work really hard. They have a work ethic like we do. Um, Nothing scares them. They're up for any task, um, any sprinting of growth that we're uh, managing. We're on a very fast pace. And our team members are are in it to win it. And... um, I am forever grateful for having such incredible people um, behind the Indie Beauty. Uh, It's really the Indie Beauty Media Group because obviously we're the Expo and now we're Beauty X Summit. But then we also launched a digital magazine with original journalistic content called Beauty Independent. So you can see or hear how this is growing substantially um, over a very short period of time. But no, it's not just me. (laughs) No way. Well, one thing that I thought was really exciting about this Indie Beauty Expo is that you're giving a lot of opportunities for small businesses, the small indie beauty brands, to get exposure to the press and get exposure to buyers. You're giving them, you know, the the opportunity to get their businesses off the ground. Well, it came from a very personal experience. Um, I dedicated almost 20 years of my career to the spa industry and the beauty industry. I had, you know, my own business. I raised my, you know, I'm continuing to raise my kids in New York City. I had an amazing clientele, but I always felt like an outsider. And I don't really know how or why, um, because I was booked and I was really happy to be booked with clients, but I never really got out there and networked. And I never got out there and really like met other people in my industry only out of because I was a mom and I had a clientele. So I was really super busy. So one thing that I think is so exciting about Indie Beauty Expo is that you're giving 
women an opportunity to get their businesses started and their businesses out there when the maker movement has often been dominated by men. Um, So that's such an exciting aspect of it. Um, We collect a lot of data and send out a lot of surveys. And even from the beginning, 2015, the majority of the independent beauty brands were owned and operated by women. So by default, this community is kind of run by women, which is very nice, but we don't exclude the guys. We love the guys, but just, you know, it's just how it is. It's, it's very female centric. And we, and we love that. When I was in my spa and when I was at, you know, when I launched my line at the time, I didn't have a platform to do serious business with buyers, press and consumers. And I thought to myself, wow, I've dedicated almost 20 years of my life to the beauty industry and the spa industry. Why am I not taken? Why am I not being taken seriously? I've got a small luxury indie beauty brand. I'm a small business owner. I'm doing everything right. And where do I go to meet people in a very condensed amount of time? Because I don't like wasting time and I don't like wasting money. And I was a show like a convention or, you know, a trade show newbie. And I didn't know where to turn for anything. So it's very expensive to do a show. And I wasn't just going to plop down that money and then just like just buy space at a, at a show floor. So out of frustration, we created the Indie Beauty Expo. And clearly that message resonated with so many other entrepreneurs at at my level. And most of them happened to be women in the same situation that I was in. So we all very much identify with, with each other. I wanted to bring up what independent beauty is because a lot of people don't even know what that is. A simple way of saying it is that it's the opposite of mass market beauty, or it's really about ownership. So a brand has to be 50% owned and operated by the founder. So a brand can take on investment, whether it's angel or um, an actual you know, financial firm, um, friends and family. That's not a problem. It's not about money. We actually want independent brands to be successful. Um, we want to turn them into multi-million dollar brands by utilizing our platform. But I think that's really important to know and understand like what independent beauty is. And my goal and my mission is to get more independent brands into the mass market arena by working with larger retailers that can funnel in independent beauty into more hands. And so we're doing a lot with these entrepreneurs who happen to be all women, most of them. Um, but we're also trying to get better made beauty into the hands of more women because women are very much the uh, majority who use personal care items. And I think that's also very important too, because there's been a lot of links between illness and toxic ingredients and fillers and unnecessary ingredients. So it's very cyclical in what we're doing. So it not only affects the beauty entrepreneur and business owner, but it also affects the end user who happen to also be um, the majority of women. So it's a very exciting space to to be in and to be growing with. Um, I can't tell you, like earlier I said, I live and breathe independent beauty. I go to bed and I wake up and the first thing I do is check my email because I'm like, who just emailed me? <laughs> who am I going to talk to today? <laughs>
Well, that's good. That sounds like you're still very excited about everything that's happening. I wanted to ask you about the point you made before that you didn't have a platform. And I find that's a situation a lot of women find themselves in, especially when they don't make networking a priority because they're juggling their responsibilities at their job and then they have home life responsibilities. It's hard to network. So I talk a lot about the importance of networking and how you can get much further along in your career if you if you make it a priority. But how has that been for you going from not having a platform to now having a huge platform? Well, to be honest with you, Sally, I was very nervous because when I was an esthetician, you know, back in 2014, 2015, I thought, why would anybody want to listen to me? I didn't go to an Ivy League university. I'm, and I kind of dumbed down my, my, who I was and what I had to offer by saying and, and having this fear of why would anybody want to listen to me? And, you know, and maybe that's deep rooted insecurity on my end. And I admit that. And it was really, really hard. And going back to your point about networking and sure, there's a lot of networking opportunities and events, but how do you choose the right one when time is more valuable than anything? And just talking to people can be really exhausting. So honestly, I didn't know like where to turn at the time. But what I realized is when we were building the first IBE, you know, that momentum behind this idea, because we didn't have any collateral, we had no visuals, we had no proof of concept, we had nothing. I had to talk to a lot of people about a lot of other, you know, indie founders about my vision. So it was really by osmosis and about just getting in there and doing it and overcoming my, my personal and professional fear and insecurity and just doing it and saying, you know what, I do have a voice. I do have something interesting to say and other people are listening. So it was really just, I had to, I didn't take a class. I didn't see a shrink. I just said, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to share my experience. And that's kind of how it started really. You know, I just did it. I just did it. And I, I overcame that fear. And believe me, even now going into 2018, of course, I still have those little pangs of insecurity. You just have to find that little nugget within yourself to say you're worth it. And what you have to say is worth somebody listening to. And no matter what you do in your life, and if you can find that inner strength, it will change your life and the right people will come to you and you'll have the right conversations and the right ears listening to what you have to say. I love that. That's basically sums up this whole podcast series. <laughs> we've had so we've um it's such a common theme that I've talked to so many women about, you know, the self-doubt that we have and who knows where it comes from if it's socialized, you know, um just living in this culture where we're not you know, there's messages that we're not good enough, that our voices are not worthy enough. Wherever it comes from, it's the challenge is to take that that voice and that doubt and just completely ignore it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I just mean, go for it. I mean, Sally, I mean, I'll, I know where mine came from, and I'm more than happy to share. I mean, we're I'm very transparent. And when I was 
younger a kid, you know, growing up in the eighties, um, my parents got divorced and I didn't have a schedule with my dad and I never really saw him. And however that resonated in my, my, my psyche, I felt that I wasn't worth it. I wasn't worth his time. And I've had to struggle with that for a really long time. But when I was in my late twenties, I should preface this whole thing that my father and I have an excellent relationship. He's the most wonderful man in the entire world. But when I was 28 years old, we went out to dinner and he just looked at me and he said, I'm sorry. And I'm like, okay. And that gave me that confidence that I lacked um, growing up. But I know, but sometimes you can't get rid of that feeling that you had when your mind is still growing. So that's where mine came from. And it wasn't, it was kind of by accident if my parents got divorced, but that's why it's so important for me because I'm all I'm divorced and remarried. But for my children, their stability is so paramount in my life that I will never ever do that to them. And that's sort of sort of how I'm paying it forward so they don't go through that that self-doubt that I went through as a kid. And I think today with the millennials, it's a very different arena and universe, especially for women that our voices are being heard in such a profound way. And we're also surrounding ourselves with men who are feminists and they're all very different, but they all support us. Um, you know, my husband is a feminist. My, my business partner is a feminist. And I love that. I love that male energy that actually supports, you know, women, but it's got to come from somewhere. And that's, that's where mine came from. You know, I'm not immune. Yeah. I didn't grow up with, you know, with a family, my family was very, you know, I have a great family, but it was not the best or ideal situation, you know, getting, you know, going through a divorce. So, and wherever it comes from, and we all have our own personal journeys. You can find that little nugget inside you and say, I'm worth it. And you start with that first self validation. And then once you, once you find that self self validation, the other people in your life that bring you up and not bring you down will start to come into your life because you'll have more confidence and confidence breeds confidence. And the other thing, it sounds like you really were living your life's purpose, right? And that's, I have a life coach who I interviewed on a few episodes ago, or, or I, I interviewed her a little while back named Jill Richberg. And she really believes that if you are living your purpose, things just kind of fall into place, right? So your purpose, you wanted to help people, you wanted to make a difference, and you wanted to give, it sounds like, these women opportunities to get their businesses off the ground since you had had that struggle yourself as a creator of your own skincare line. And so everything that you were doing was a manifestation of who you are, right? So then it makes things kind of I don't know. You meet the right people, as you were saying. I Do you feel that way? I did not go to school for my mission. I mean, I went to school for fine art. But every step leads to the direction in which you're supposed to. And I was very mindful and very calculated with who I let into my, my life. Even the mistakes that I made or like the missteps I've made, I've always owned my and I've always been really responsible for any decision that I made because I'm fiercely independent. But when I was younger and I really didn't know what it was that I was going to do, all I knew was I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to be there 
for women to build them up. I think there are so many things in our, in our environment that bring us down. And I just, I can't stand that. I'm like, wait a second. We have so much to celebrate. Like, why are we being mean or why are we being competitive? Why don't we just band together very early on? Nader and I would, you know, I, I said to him, I said, we really need an educational platform. We need to educate these entrepreneurs because beforehand we were very discombobulated. Like we didn't have anywhere to go. And for myself, I'm like, I don't know how to do a trade show. I'm like, how do I decorate my booth? I, I don't know how to do this. So again, it came from a very personal space, but like Beauty Independent and Beauty Act Summit, we were building people up. And I should probably rewind when I went to the University of Arizona, I became the director of the Women's Center. So I've always been very pro-women, you know, pro-confidence, pro-vision, all of that in my own way. But I didn't really know what I was going to do because I, I never worked corporate. I never went to a job fair. I was an artist. I became an esthetician. I wanted to do it my own way. And that's just kind of, I, there was no blueprint. My mom and dad, they weren't like, you have to become an accountant. I, I didn't have any of that. They were just like, see ya, <laughs> go do it. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> we're, not, we're not supporting you. <laughs> Sometimes a blueprint is worse, though. I've talked to a lot of people who followed a blueprint or a track that they were set on by their family. And then they're like, wait a second, I don't want to work at this bank. I wanted to do this. Exactly. You know, it's, it's almost better if you're just being guided by your own interests and your own, you know, mission than being set on a, a blueprint that someone else has created. Yeah. I mean, my, my daughter, who's 14, she's interested in beauty, but not really, which is so, in, so funny to me. But I can see that she's gravitating towards fashion and she has a very keen eye and she has since she was... Uh, four years old. And I just said to her the other day, I'm like, you know, Giselle, you're really good at this. Like you have a beautiful aesthetic. And she's like, thank you, mommy. And I said, maybe you should think about going into fashion. She was like, I would love that. And it was the first time in our relationship where she actually showed an interest in a direction. And I was so happy about that. And I will do anything for her that she follows who or whatever is that driving force within her own aura and her own person. Because I don't want to stifle my kids. Because what happens, you end up doing and being who you really are and who you really want to be. Um, you know, if you said to me, Sally, if you're like, I want to have a shoe store in Soho, I'd be like, cool, let's let's do some research. Um I would never say, oh, that's not a really good idea, uh, you know, because you don't want to do that. You, you, you need to go through these chapters in your life to get to that end result or that end. You're not one of the naysayers that, that entrepreneurs always encounter. <laughs> I mean, no one never said it was easy and I never could have done this by myself. I mean, never. And I will never take credit. For, for what we've accomplished in the last two, two and a half years. You can't, you're one person. So, you know, we all, we divide and conquer. You know, we have our roles, we have our tasks, we have our missions, we have our, our to-do list. Um, 
I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, and I also know when we have to hire people <laughs> smarter than us to accomplish that next phase in our, in our uh, you know, community, in our, our business. So you just have to know. <laughs> so you had an art degree and you decided to be an esthetician, and then you, you built a really successful practice, right? I mean, can you talk yes. a little bit about how you did that? Sure. Well, this was back in 1999, and this is before Facebook and social media. We had City Search and Daily Candy. So um, I worked the first few months out of a doctor's office, and they just literally gave me an empty room. It was a storage room, and they're like, "You can have it. We're not going to charge you. Just you know, go for it. Build your business." And I guess that same passion of you know doing aesthetics resonated in my attitude that they were just like, well, "We want to help you." So I got lucky in that respect. So I, I built my business and I just, you know, got out there and I did really inexpensive facials, um, saved every single penny. And then I moved right next door to them. And the, the space next door to them was like 400, 500 square feet. I had enough room for two facial rooms, facial rooms with a curtain. <laughs> and I literally, I just called Daily Candy and I'm like, Hey, you want to come in for a facial? They came in, they got a facial, and three weeks later, they wrote about my facial, and I was booked for 17 years. I never, ever stopped. Wow. And I didn't have that to That is amazing. Yeah, that was my aha moment. And I took that with me, thinking that when I launched my skincare line, I was going to have that aha moment and have 50 retailers by the end of the year. Well, I was very humbled. Times had changed. Um, social media, you know, came on the scene. You know, City Search and Daily Candy were no longer. Things, marketing were very, very different. And I was humbled and I was like, wow, okay. Can't, I can't stay in my little bubble anymore. I got to do something about this if I want my brand to succeed. So hence the next phase and that's in me. so everything has a reason and has a purpose it's crazy it's crazy i never could have manufactured this <laughs> it is crazy and i feel like this is a this is a benefit of getting older right like i look back on my career on my career path and it all felt so crazy at the time and now i'm like oh it all made sense it all yes. came together and formed what i'm doing now and who i am now but exactly. at the time it was did not feel that way. <laughs> I know, I know it. Um, yeah, you go through all of these these nuances and all these like feelings when you're building a business or going through your career. But then, in hindsight, you're like, ah, okay, now I know why certain things happened, and I'll never repeat it. Or, all right, then we're going to take this and then move forward. So it's all good. It's all really good, and you just have to embrace it. You have to embrace the process no matter what you're doing. So of all the accomplishments that you've had, are there any particular proud moments or highlights that really stand out in your mind that you're most proud of? Wow, I have a lot. But when I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to go to the Altman Building in 2015, August 25th, for the first Indie Beauty Expo, I can't even tell you how excited I was. And when it was all over, it was a whirlwind. It was like a wedding. And you're like, wow, what just happened? But the response 
that Nader and I received from the entrepreneurs and the people who love and support them was so overwhelming. And we just looked at each other and we're just like, you know, we've, we've, we're, we're onto something here. So it was that proof of concept, like, wow, I'm not alone anymore. I'm not a wallflower. I'm not just sitting on the sideline as everybody else gains their success and moves forward in their career. That was a really proud moment that we actually have something here. And then as we grew and as we learned, just knowing that we were on the right track and that we were building a company and providing a platform for a community to build itself. Because I want everybody, all of the brands, all of the press, all of the retailers that we speak to, to take ownership in what is happening right now for women, for entrepreneurs, for businesses. All I want is to see everybody succeed. And when I see that success, those are proud moments for me. So it's happening a lot. It's happening quite often, actually. You know, so I have many, many of those moments. Oh, I, I guess, you know, I can't believe I didn't even talk about the Neiman Marcus collaboration that we did. That's huge. Um, we met Neiman Marcus before our Dallas show and you know, just through building our relationship and talking and, and we said, you know, you want to do something with us? You know, you want to put together a, a beautiful collection of independent beauty brands and bring them to your largest door, North Park Mall in Dallas? And every step of the way, yes, sure, absolutely. Why not? Let's do this. I got to say, that was a very proud moment for me is to be able to actually show the community that we're, we're, we're committed and that we're actually working with retailers to bring independent beauty to a larger audience. So yeah, that was another proud moment. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a huge accomplishment to have a partnership with, with Neiman. And I actually saw on their website that they have they have a whole section on their website for your product, yeah. for the yeah, it's, it's, IBE product. It's living uh, on their .com. And, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly in communication with Neiman's to, you know, promote the brands and make sure that they succeed. And it's just been such a wonderful experience. I can't say enough good things about Neiman's, the team, just this whole entire experience has been absolutely amazing. And yeah, the brands are on their .com in our own little section. And uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. You also mentioned something about the ingredients in beauty products being bad for women's health. Could you talk a little bit more about that and how that relates to IBE? Well, I think in general, um, and a lot more of the mass market beauty space, there are unnecessary ingredients utilized in the formulations. And women are using these brands day in and day out. And I think we there's this study that says that the average woman uses around 21 products, you know, from toothpaste to shampoo, etc. And there is a movement, clean and green movement, in the beauty industry, and it resonates in the indie beauty space because we can work in smaller batches. We work directly with suppliers and farmers. And I do believe that the indie beauty community, though it's not a requirement, 
it is, um, there's a very high percentage of brands that are cleaner and greener than your mass market counterpart. And as the conversation becomes more relevant, um, you know, Au Naturel, uh, Ashley Prangy from Au Naturel and Tara Foley from Folane and Gay Timmons from OO Organics are all women, uh, Jeannie Jarnot, Beauty Heroes, are all spearheading this, this conversation about clean beauty. There is no standard in the United States, um, but there is a greater one in, say, Japan and uh, the EU. So American brands are striving to become EU certified because they have banned about 1,500 uh, chemicals and toxic ingredients from their formulations, where I think uh, in the U.S. there's less than 10 that are banned. Oh my so goodness. we have to take it upon ourselves to continue this very relevant conversation about ingredients and formulations and what we're actually putting on our skin because people are getting sick and people are looking to their personal care, just like their food and saying, I don't feel good. And they're doing a lot more research. For instance, Dana Jackson from a wonderful brand uh, called Beneath Your Mask, uh, met her in Dallas. She's from Houston. She was in the entertainment industry and she came down with lupus. She almost died. And she went through a very, very traumatic experience. And she attributed to the food and the personal care items that she was using. So she created the brand Beneath Your Mask, and because of that, and entered our space in a very big way. She's a part of our Neiman Marcus uh, collaboration. And it's people like that who have taken it into their own hands and saying, I don't like this. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the way, you know, I, I don't like getting sick. Um, and mind you, everyone has a personal journey, and we're not here to be the clean beauty police, but we are definitely here to catapult that conversation because I think it's extremely important um, that people also use less. And uh, Jeannie Jarno has this campaign of use less and love more. And I love that so much because if you just follow that mantra in your life, it can have a profound effect, positive effect on your your family, your friends, the food you eat, the things you buy, you know, minimizing consumption. So it's all sort of cyclical, clean and green, ingredient knowledge, continuing the conversation and um, really practicing what you preach. This has been such an interesting conversation. I'm so excited for what you've built in such a short period of time and especially that you're empowering, you know, these other women entrepreneurs to get their businesses out there. I mean, that's such an exciting aspect of this to me. It's one of the greatest pleasures in my life is to build people up and help them gain success. I, I love it. I, it, it kind of, it's kind of like my high, you know, I like it. It's like, it, it really makes me feel good. It makes me feel validated going back to like feeling validated. I, I love it. So do you have any last, do you have any last parting wisdom to share or do you think you've, you've, I mean, I've said a lot. Um, I just, I mean, whenever I think about women and whether you're young, like my daughter or older, just be mindful 
and really go for it. Don't let anybody hold you back. You know, talk to people who will validate your feelings or your mission. And if you just kind of spin your attitude a little bit where it's a bit more positive and you could be that light in somebody's life, it'll be amazing to see what you can do within your own universe by changing your attitude and being a rock and, and being that force for somebody else because a community can be built and we can rely on each other in a very positive way that is uh, sustainable for the for our future. I love it. I'm all about building each other up. That's definitely one of the main goals of this podcast. So thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure. Um, I wish you continued success. Thank you. And I can't wait to see what you have, what's, what's going to happen next. Yeah, well, 2018 is going to be a, a big year for, for independent beauty and entrepreneurs. So, you know, it's, it's, we're very excited. And one last thing, for people to follow you and the Indie Beauty Expo online or on social media, where should they go? Um, what should they ch- they what, what? definitely should sign up for our newsletter on IndieBeautyExpo.com. Then if they want to get to know the entrepreneurs and the people who support them through a journalistic standpoint, then they should go to BeautyIndependent.com and uh, sign up there so they get um, relevant and original uh, content about the the business side of independent beauty. Um, Our socials are the same, Indie Beauty Expo, Beauty Independent. We're very heavy on Instagram. And then, of course, our our email communication is, um, is pretty great, too. So that's what I would do. Great. Thank you so much, Jillian. Thank you. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Thanks for joining us.